All right, on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche, the Avs kind of known as some slow starters over the past couple seasons. Should we expect that again? And a season preview for the one and only Devon Taves. All that and some burning questions that we'll get to on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. Follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And make sure to subscribe to our subtext, people. Uh, link to that is in the show notes below when you do. Chat with Kyle and I one-on-one. And make sure you do that before the season starts because we are going to start uh, getting some feedback from uh, people over on subtext exclusively. So, um, all right, our rundown. Yes, we will get to our Devon Taves season preview. We'll ask the annual question when it comes to uh, Jared Bednar and the Jack Adams. Uh, but where we are going to start today is um, with the Abs and, and and how they start. They, like a lot of teams don't get out of the gates, you know, like like the Boston Bruins of last year, and they never stopped once once you know they left the gates for, from last season. That doesn't really happen, right? Um, for the Avs, they're kind of known as as slow starters. And for over the past two years anyway, they really pick it up in the January or February was last year. Um, kind of uh, point of the season. You don't want that. You clear, everybody wants to get out to, you know, to be playing that middle of the season, you know, style. And as soon as the season starts, it doesn't usually happen. But you also don't want to get so far behind if you're not playing well because that crazy stat that everybody brings up for, you know, uh, American Thanksgiving, if you're not in a playoff spot or if you are in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, you have like an 85% chance of making the playoffs. It's a crazy stat, but it's, it is what it is. How are you feeling for this year and, and how the Avs uh, can, can get going? And we'll bring up their schedule in a minute here. But just from what you're seeing in, pre, in the preseason – uh, you know, like the new the new cast of characters that they have. How are you feeling that the guys are going to get out of the gate this year? I feel like it's going to be not so much one of those typical avalanche slow starts, mm-hmm. but it's going to be an adjustment month to start the season. Yeah, you know, I it wouldn't be one of those. I it wouldn't be crazy for them to win maybe four or five in a row, and then you really feel confident about this team, or like to kind of alternate that and go 500 because because last year the injuries played a part and it was right when the team was building ahead of steam somebody would go out and it was survival mode just wait till the next guy came back now you have a lot of new faces and this team still got to find their synergy we were just talking like in yesterday's episode like the the difference in the two preseason games because of the two squads that were out there 
Still have yet to see them on the ice. I know they train together. They practice together. I get all that. But in game shape, in game action, you still have yeah. yet to see a full squad. So you they're going to be figuring it out together. So don't be alarmed if they drop a couple games. The season's not over, but it's going to be anticipated. Um, yeah, I, I like every team has turnover in, in the offseason, right? And I think for, for the Avs, the, the good thing is the guys that they brought in are are you know vets they're not young young players where you know that's what you, you bring in some guys that, that that don't that haven't been around you know the game that the NHL game anyway and it might take them a little while to just get acclimated to a, a, a new town a new system that the, the system thing is is going to be interesting because that that's true no matter where new players go um but you just have confidence that, yeah, like for a guy like like Ryan Johansson, that sure, like there's gonna be some some growing pains, um, but that he can overcome that pretty quickly, and he can figure it out pretty quickly. And when you have a game like he did in, in the preseason game, I think a lot of people are feeling like, okay, well, he's already figuring out. Like, well, no, like the whole team's not there. The, the you know the the opponent that you were playing for a preseason not what you're going to be facing so you have so many different factors that have yet to come into play which they haven't you know had ha been you know had the adversity to so they're going to have those moments um but you don't i i think as an fan, like you're, you're pretty confident that they're not just going to fall flat on their face you know what i mean like guys like nathan mckinnon are not going to allow that to happen mikhail mccarr are not going to allow that to happen um, but it's just the nature of the beast of there's going to be, I, I mean, if you can get out of, I want to look at the schedule. I mean, you can get out of October at least like 500 or maybe a game better. I think you're, you're okay. You're okay. And, and the thing about this roster construction, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yes, we are currently talking with a burgundy and blue banner all the way around us, but look at this roster it looks like an like a fantasy draft like you have fantasy hockey like your your top nine that's a fantasy draft you're lucky and to have a team like that and it, this is one of those that you kind of it's i think we're all kind of trying to pump the brakes here not to try and get too excited but i would not be surprised if they come out to a hot start because of that veteran like it's weird ex, yeah it, that experience yeah like we've we've been so accustomed to slow starts and rough months and then you have your perfect januaries and yeah. your incredible swings and you don't want to get too excited but there's not a lot on this team that says that's not a possibility for this team to come right out and then recapture everybody's attention like we talked about not being in the top 10 ESPN list of a team in the next 3 years like this team can come out and dominate if they put all the pieces together at the right time. It's weird. Like, I agree with you because you feel good about, you know, like the, the roster players that they have and being veterans and things like that. Uh, but, you know, last year we were kind of saying like, you know, that there wasn't a ton of turnover last year. So yeah. they should come out pretty good because everybody is comfortable with everybody. Everybody knows the system. And, you know, they had a horrible uh, December, terrible December, a pretty good November last year, but a terrible December. And it took from the all-star break on in February to kind of turn the tide around. Now this year to start, we'll just do October. You don't have a ton of games in October. Um, two, you got five, six, eight, you only have eight games in the entire month. 
Two of them are at home. That's it. Your first three games are on the road. Obviously, you have that opening game against uh, L.A., and then you play San Jose and then Seattle. That's your opening three games. And then you have two home games, one against Chicago, another home game against Carolina. That should be good. And then you're on the road for the final three games of the month in New York to face the Islanders and then Pittsburgh and then Buffalo. So take that into account, too, because you're already going to the East Coast uh, the the third week of the season. And really kind of like the the teams that you can look at here and say, okay, you really should chalk up wins here. San Jose, Chicago. Probably the Islanders. You know, I think they're going to be a downgraded team this year. So two and a half games, we'll say. That are, are you you know confident of like really should be wins right even though it's early in the season, those other ones L A good team Seattle Seattle we know the history with them is last year Carolina Carolina I like Pittsburgh this year and Buffalo improved team so while there's only eight games in the month, uh, it's a kind of a challenging month in in not only the opponent you're on the road a lot and you're already going to the East Coast. A little well, challenging. You you phrase it as challenging, but you remember last year when we had that challenging month and that we faced that Canadian road trip, and it was oh and, man, if we could get out of here five hundred, what? Could yeah, we, that team bonded on the Canadian road they trip, did. and yeah. what better way for this Avalanche team to bond right out of the gate than on the road? Hey guys, good point. We're a team. We're on the West Coast, and then guess what? It's nice to see everybody at home. We're going to the East Coast now. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to build synergy for the rest of the season on these road trips. So initially, I would look at it as, oh, gosh, that's a lot of road games. No, that's a lot of bonding time for this team and like really figuring it out in the trenches. So I'm kind of optimistic about that. Yeah. And and heading into that road trip last year, they weren't playing that well. Nope. So um, they kind of t- it, w- it was four games in Canada and then they ended it in Detroit. So, yep. um, yeah, it, it was that you're right. You're right. So maybe it's a good thing that they are starting on the road. So, all right. Uh, we'll see. Season's starting right around the corner. So uh, we'll we'll see how things are going uh, here shortly. Uh, all right. We're going to hear from DoorDash, and then we are going to get into a couple other questions and then our season preview for Devon Taves. But first, DoorDash. And uh, what, what's a big uh, thing over in the Sullivan household that kind of gets – eaten without with reckless abandon um that would be pizza oh really just oh. plain are you, you topping family oh i with my kids everybody has their favorite but yep. dad rules so buffalo chicken oh there you go good good man well if you're ever running out of buffalo chicken pizzas and you can get those uh they make some pretty good frozen buffalo yes uh, they do pizzas as well so uh you if you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week with those buffalo pizzas or last order last minute cravings conveniently. And you've trusted DoorDash to deliver uh, your restaurant favorites. And now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers with thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself and you want even more value, you can save on all your groceries and restaurants, restaurant favorites with a zero 
$5 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKED at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms apply. Don't forget that code is LOCKED for 50% off your first order with Kyle's favorite service, DoorDash. All right, the uh, the annual Jared Bednar, Jack Adams conversation that we have every single year. It's kind of uh, laughable that that Jared Bednar has not won a Jack Adams award at this point. Has been nominated a couple times, has not won it. Um, and I think we're just getting to the point where it's like, what could he possibly do at this stage in his career for voters to finally be like, oh, now we'll give it to him. Uh, you know, he, he he's coached a team to a president's trophy. He's coached a team to a Stanley Cup trophy. He's had how many division titles? The, the, you know, at this point in the game, you you ha- you could think like you could have given him a Jack Adams all along the all along the way or on a timeline. Uh, hasn't gotten it, and I just kind of feel like it's kind of funny. And like I said, what else, what could he do where uh, uh, voters would be like, oh, now that that's amazing. Like now we should probably give it to him. Um, what can he do? What can he do to, to maybe get up and in, 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 in voters hierarchy to eventually win this thing? Oh, it's easy. He has to go 81 and one. <laughs> if he goes 82 and it, oh, they're going to investigate the team and probably yeah. bars from the playoffs. But what if he goes one right on the radar? What if he goes 81 oh and one? Is, is that oh, like, there is you it, go. There yeah. you go. If he gets that overtime one against yeah. Nashville. Right. Um, but no, that's honestly, and what we just talked about in the first segment, this roster construction. I mean, this team could go 82 and oh with this roster and. Mm. All the talking heads are going to be like, well, with this roster, I could coach that team to a Stanley Cup final. So Bednar is forever cursed with a really great team and really great talent. It's never going to be Bednar. It's always going to be, well, with Kale McCarr, with Nathan McKinnon, Bednar is never going to get the Jack Adams. Like you talked about him always getting nominated and not winning. Yeah. I'm confident saying I don't think at this point he could do anything with this team where it's going to be a Bednar show. It's always going to be pointed back to Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and the contributions of the team, and it's never going to be where it should be on Jared Bednar. Which is why that he was not nominated, not even nominated last year, um, because he didn't have those guys. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he had, he had Nathan McKinnon. You know, would make McKinnon miss 11 or 12 games. So, okay, you got to – but, I mean, you – Clearly, obviously, you didn't have uh, Gabe Landeskog all year long. You're out Nachuskin in and out of the the lineup. Um, I mean, we we don't need to go over all the injuries they had last year, but he didn't have those guys. And not only did he just coach them to uh, a playoff spot, he coached them to the division title. And that's where I came in. Like, how do you not give him some credit for that? I didn't think he was really going to win it when when Boston has a, a year that they have. Okay, I, you, you got to go that route for yeah. for Jack Adams. I get that. Um, I was more or less. I would have been happy with a nomination last year because fine. If you want to look at Boston and what they did, setting records and everything, that that's great. You have to look at other things too. 
Yep. You can't just look at where, where, or, you know, how, how a team, if you want to look at how, how a team produced, why are you not looking at what the avalanche did last year and what, yep. how they produced with what they had. So that last year left a really bad taste in my mouth for any future years of Jer- Jared Bednar. I think he'll get nominated, you know, every once in a while or for however long he's the coach of this team. Um, as far as winning it, I, I think he now needs to beat that that record that was just set last year by Boston, which is just going to be next to impossible to do. Um, other than that, I don't really think there's much out there that, that he could, he could do to warrant winning this thing, which is a shame. It's really a shame. And it's like, (laughs) you're asking to pick the best coach and us avalanche fans, we know who is the better coach in the league. But it's the same people who vote on that are the same people that when it comes to the Norris, the first conversation is how many points does this defenseman have? Which, right? yeah, you just, it's an oxymoron. So you're you're not going to get Bednar the praise he deserves with a Jack Adams because they're never going to look at the actual coaching. They're just going to look at how many wins and what did he do. Right, exactly. So uh, fire in the comments section, What, what can he do? If it's nothing, just say nothing. Just don't come up with something. Just come up with something. But uh, uh, short of reading the Bruins record, what what else could he do to to get this? Because you would like to see him get it. I know there's some people that are like, oh, it's not the important thing. And I get that. But sometimes, yeah, it is. And and for coaches, like uh, being being acknowledged as the best in in the sport is important. It is important. So, and and it goes on your resume. And when, yep. when you have things, uh, you know, when the the Hall of Fame comes calling, I'm not saying that's where Bednar is right now, but um, they look at stuff like that. So, yes, it, it does have some value, and it, it is important. Um, there was a question that uh, you threw out. And we were just, you know, BSing throughout the day. Um, and you're always going to look at, you know, how moves that the Avalanche could make um come trade deadline time so i don't want to predict like a trade i don't know who, who guys that they would bring in like we haven't even started the season so i don't want to really start like flipping this roster already but you know if the avalanche are in the position that they should be in a move or two is going to get made it's just the nature of the beast when it comes to sports trade deadlines especially in hockey are a big deal um so we're we're talking about guys who are on this roster and who can make this roster and, and you know, who, what the team could look like to start the season. Fast forward a few months. Who's someone that is on the team now and opening day roster, or maybe not even open day roster, just, you know, I'm saying like guy that, that could be in the running for, for some playing time um, that might no longer be come trade deadline. Who are you thinking? The reason I gave you this, question just kind of as a hypothetical you want okay curtis mcdermott i'm just going to throw this name out here Mm -hmm. a defender with nine points last year why in the world would you tell him to work on being a forward because it's his last gasp at anything for this team really you're you're showing the rest of the league look he can (laughs) do both (laughs) <laughs> and what um, happens at the trade deadline for those playoff bubble teams you always hear this it's a Lou Lamarillo classic we got to get tougher we just had to get somebody tougher at the trade deadline and for Curtis McDermott money mm-hmm. and by this time after what we've seen with Eustace and in it 
Mm-hmm. I mean, could you not package maybe at this point Francois with a Curtis McDermott and get some a a really good final piece? Go ahead and give him the cup at the trade deadline with a Curtis McDermott, or I throw Francois out there, kind of like tongue in cheek, but yeah, that's a piece that you could throw out. And you can get something for. I don't know if Curtis um, McDermott is going to continue on, especially with so many roster pieces. That the forward group is going to be solidified. Curtis McDermott is going to be on the outside looking in, both in defense and forward, and he's not going to play goalie, so he has to go somewhere. Uh yeah. I mean, I, I could see where curtis mcdermott could get dealt no doubt about that but i just don't know if the value is there for a a return you're going to get like if they deal him it's not going to be at the trade deadline it's going to be it's going to be long before that because he's not like a hot commodity and it's pretty easy to deal him kind of like you know they, they they traded for um wasn't it cogliano last year um that was two. Or weeks. not, not Cogliano, not Cogliano. Um, um, who, who, uh, who'd they bring in from? Um, uh, what was the San Jose deal that they made? Uh, Nieto. That was Nieto. Uh, yeah, you had when, Nieto. when they brought Nieto in. Like yeah. that was early. That was yeah. early February. You know what I mean? And I don't think really people, a lot of people, like kind of saw a move like that coming. I think that's yeah. Th- that's when they'll deal someone like McDermott or something that's like that. Spot on, right? There. Um, you know, because because he's he's easy to move. I I don't. Re- Right now, Frankie doesn't really have any value just because he's he's hurt and you don't really know when he's coming back. So you really can't unload him for much. Um, but I could I, I could see that happening. I could see uh, and I think it's a good point of just putting him at the four position and say, hey, look, he can do this too um, if, if you're in need of, of that. Um, and we know the Avalanche don't really make big splashes and big deals come – trade deadline time so that that's kind of why i feel you know if he's not really doing anything this year i think they look to move someone like ben myers mm, yeah i do because that's someone that you could get a little bit more value for because he's when i say he's young but he's i mean he's four years in college ages you in terms of uh hockey you're not an 18 year old coming into the league but I think there, there'd be some people like say, hey, it didn't work out in Colorado. A lot of people wanted him right out of college. They would take a chance on him if it's just not working in Colorado and say, hey, maybe our system would work better for him. Again, the return you would get is not just over the moon, but you'd get that. That's a move that they could make where it's like at that point in time, if we feel like we need to like, uh, you know, plug a hole or insert somebody different here, that would be maybe a move that you do. Yeah, and I completely agree with you, Chris. And like I hear it now, I hear all the clacking of the keyboard screaming, No, not Ben Myers. But I also say to all those that are typing right now, Where's um, Alex Newhook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. I don't think the Avalanche are going to commit to another project when you have a roster Mm -hmm. that looks like it does with the cap problems they do. They're not going to keep kicking the can on a project. If Ben Myers isn't working, they will find someone who does. They're going to move him, and I and I think it's a good point that you bring up with Alex Newhook. Like they're showing, like okay, we're, we're we'll give you a little bit of time, but we're not going to give you the Tyson Jost time anymore. Yep, we need to be past that, and we're not going to give you the Mount, Martin Cout time anymore. So uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, comment away in the comment section if you think there's other people that are um, maybe on the the block for the Avalanche come trade deadline time for 
for whatever reason. Love to hear it. All right, we're going to uh, look at Devon Taves and his season preview, and we're going to do that right after this. All right, um, Devon Taves. So, if you if you we did this if we had done this maybe like two weeks ago, and we're going to start with. Because you have to put in for as far as the season preview for him, you have to talk about the contract situation. Yeah. Um, and if we had had done a Devontae's preview maybe two weeks ago, and we did talk about this actually mm-hmm. a little bit of, of what we thought was going to happen. Um, I think my take on the contract situation was different back then, a short two, three weeks ago. I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. I I I I was in the mindset of like. You know, there's no way he's going to take a quote unquote hometown discount. Um, it didn't really sound like anything was going on, but the Avalanche usually are secretive about this stuff. And then they just announce like, hey, a deal is done. Um, but I'm I'm kind of getting better vibes out of a potential deal, an extension between these two, you know, between Taves and, and the Avalanche. Um, I don't know. I can't. I couldn't predict if it's going to happen before the season starts, which obviously is right around the corner. But I, I'm more confident now that something gets done at some point during the season than I ever have been. Yeah. And, and honestly, with, I think these rumblings on how this deal is going to look, you heard Taze come out and say, he's, he wants to come back. He loves it in Colorado. There's interest there. He would love to finish out his career in Colorado, which, I mean, we all do. That'd be great. (laughs) That'd be wonderful. I think the farther we go into this preseason, the more the cuts that are made, you kind of see, we just talked about Curtis McDermott, what he's going to do. Like, if he falls out, where this roster is going to look, because there's been a lot of additions on the forward. Like, I think we are extremely set when it comes to forwards. Defense is a little suspect. What better way to address the next three years ESPN of this avalanche team in defense lock in Taze. I said that was your number one target mm-hmm. when we talked about this before. And it's even more so now you have your forwards set. You are confident in what your forwards look like. You must get taser on this team, whatever you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, obviously they, they want to, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, this is not like a JT Comfort thing, right? You didn't really feel like there was any conversations going on for that, right? Um, this is different. This is a different animal because this is a, a top 10 defenseman in the league. And as far as his season goes, you know, the contract thing is, is what it is. As far as what you're going to get on the ice for Taves, I think you know what it what it's going to be. And it's a very consistent calm cool collected uh defenseman that just always seems to know where to be um his right place right time rarely makes a mistake with the puck um and and when he does i remember he made a mistake in in the seattle series it was a huge deal because it's like that's not that's not his game like he doesn't do like the flashy stuff um Again, because he doesn't have to. He's got Kale McCarr by his side to do all of that. But uh, he he is right up there with uh, some of the best defensemen in the league. And I think you're just going to see that again this year, without a doubt. He's going to give you about 20 minutes a night. And that's 
20 you know, minutes at for 82, 82 games least. of the season. And you, you just mentioned a mistake against Seattle. That's the thing about Taze. You can mention three of his mistakes that he made all year individually because you're like, oh, that's not what Taze does. That's three mistakes. 82 games, 20 minutes a night, and you can single out a mistake, a mistake. He's averages about 45 to 50 points per season. And he is just, his hockey IQ is off the charts. Everybody around him is made better by his decisions and what he does. Like, not just what he could give you individually, but what he adds to the team. Mm. It's hard to put a price tag on, which is rough right now when you're trying to work on a contract. Um. Yeah, I mean his he, he's he's a plus minus machine. Yep. Um, his three years with the Avalanche, he's been plus twenty nine, plus fifty two, and plus twenty six. Uh, that twenty one twenty two season was was phenomenal for him. In only what what oh oh thanks ESPN for playing these ads. Are you kidding me? Mm. God, oh man, uh, ESPN just more I nonsense can't. from them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on their website looking up Devon Tave stats, and they just decide to throw. I've been I've been on this site for the duration of the the episode, and now an ad just decides to start. Playing. It's because we have besmirched the name of ESPN. Yeah, I get yeah. Disney is uh, down three points, I guess. Um, so where was it? Yeah, the 21-22 season was was his best, and it was only 66 games. Yeah, in 66 games, he had 13 goals and 44 points, 57 points, and that was the plus 52. So last year he played 80, 80 games, which is great for last year a player on the Avalanche, and had seven less points, seven less points in 14 less games. That's not a knock on him. No. That, that's still a very good season. Uh, you know, eight, 80 games played and 50 points for a defenseman, um, but. A healthy squad helps everybody, right? So um, he was kind of pulling extra weight last year with all those injuries and did very well. Everybody stays healthy. I think you see a repeat of that 21-22 season. And if he can play, like I said, he had 66 games played in that year. If, if he has a repeat of that year, but 80 games played and you, you don't have the mountain of injuries the Avalanche had, it's just... It, it's all it's all looking good for for Taves. Yeah, and you he what he brings to Kale McCarr and how he elevates his game. It's hmm. you have to keep them together. They, they elevate each other. Yeah, yeah, they really do. They really do. Um, the one area where I would like to see a little bit of improvement here, and this it's not just on him, um, is is the the power play too. Like he hmm. he's in control of that. And I get it. Like you're not getting as much time as the power play one team, um, so you're only getting maybe like a rush or two, when, for the most part. You know, when 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 you're on the power play two, but he is the Kale McCarr of of the power play two. So I would like to see him uh, when, when you do get those few rushes, uh, make them meaningful. Yeah, uh, because I think still, and this goes for for so many teams where it's you know when the power play one goes off. Eh, it's kind of like the excitement is a little bit over. Um, but you have guys on this team now where it's like, no, power play two could be as lethal as, as power play one. And it all comes down to him. So I would like to see him kind of quarterback that a little bit better. Yeah. So we'll and that's exactly what I would have said with my one critique. And I'd like to see him improve on 
like his hockey IQ is off the charts. I'd like to see him quarterback a little bit more on odd man rushes the other way. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see him be a little bit more vocal and instruct guys like whoever he's with, like Kale McCarr, they're fine. But if he's on those weird shifts where he's coupled with Gerard or Manson, he's got to communicate just a little bit more, even on the power play. He's just got to be a little bit more vocal because when we were talking about who could take that captaincy role now that Landis Gog's not coming back for the rest of the year, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that yeah. Taze could have taken a captaincy or an A because Hard of his either. leadership. So he yeah. just needs to step up a little bit and be that vocal leader on the defensive line. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, I think it's all good for, for Devon Taves this year. I think you'll see a solid season. And then imagine if that, that uh, contract does get finished sometime during the season. Uh, I think you're just going to see his play just improve even more because yep. he's like, hey, now I'm now I'm settled. Now I have not nothing to worry about, and I can just go out and that's over and done with, and I can just go out and play. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for today. So, anything we discussed on today's episode, please feel free to comment in the comment section on YouTube or follow us, like we said, on uh, our social media outlets. So, that's going to wrap it up for today. If you're able to watch the game uh thursday i don't know where it's being streamed but um if you're able to find it and we're able to find it we'll talk about it for friday so all right that's gonna wrap it up for today he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris selly this is the locked on avalanche podcast thanks for tuning in everyone and we'll see you tomorrow go abs go